0: You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 166 of Comic Book Informer Podcast coming to you on April 29th. This is Vince. And last week, Roger, you were uh, discussing my new toys. Well, I believe this week you got a new toy. Well, it's not a new toy. It's a new subscription. If well, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a new bit of fun for your existing it's, toy. You know
0: what? <laughs> this is actually... Um, we, we've talked about this a lot in terms of what, how we would like to see um, studios, or I shouldn't say studios, but publishers app developers, creators, attacking the digital market. And this actually goes above and beyond, at least for me, what I would expect. And so, of course, for people who don't realize what we're talking about, the, well, they're calling it Thrillbend 3.0, and it's basically... They've put out their app and they decided on a subscription model for their comics because they were struggling with if they would sell them individually or how they would go about it. And what they decided to do is set up a subscription service, which you can do As a uh, on just on their site, if you want as well, but you can very easily do it through their iOS app. And they said they are going to be bringing out an Android app as well. But you can set it up, and for $3.99 a month, which is the cost of or less than one single print comic, you actually have access to every single comic they have published and will publish as long as you keep your subscription active this is huge and there are a number of comics in their library already we're not talking obviously you know marvel or dc or even image library size not yet but they are working on it and there are already a number of good comic books to read from them. And they've got new creators coming along all the time. And I'm all for this. I told them too, that I will gladly support this. Hence why we're also talking about it on the show for, for that much, which again is the cost of one comic or, or even less. In some cases you have access to a wealth of comic books. And in terms of the iOS app, It is very good. There's a few things that I would like to see changed, improved, and that may come over time as they get suggestions, but it is very responsive. It's very easy to use. You can stream the comic instead of downloading it to your device as well, which is super nice. You can, if you want, also download the comics you can also do that from the the website as well and just slap it into another reader if you have one again that's where you can use it with an android reader anyway but yeah i this goes above and beyond what i would have hoped for a service like this so as long as they can keep the content going and obviously good content going they've got my four bucks a month
1: easily yeah, and they have said an Android version of the app is coming soon. But, of course, uh, Android development can be a little more problematic than iOS development. So those things take a little bit of time.
0: Well, it's not just it, that. It's the, there's so many more iOS users. So mm-hmm. it just makes sense that you're going to be appealing to a much broader audience. And something like this, you want to get as many as soon as possible so that you can get those subscriptions set up.
1: Oh no! Certainly, it, it makes yeah. sense in yeah. several different ways. I'm not one of those Android owners that complains every time something's not there. Yeah, uh, and it's great to see just how much Thrillbent has grown in two years. Like there are actual comics publishers that would kill for the amount of growth uh, Mark Wade has gotten out of Thrillbent in only two years.
0: Yeah, I again I've been looking over it. I've read a few, but I want to hold off on opinions until I get a little bit deeper into some of them, but. I, again, I really like the app. I love that I can just stream it right to the app. And again, for people who have the Android, an Android and a reader on it, they do have, you can just set up your subscription on through their web interface and just download whichever ones you want and then just slap them on your, your Android. So it's mm-hmm. it's really, you're not losing out. So, but i super impressed. Super, super impressed. And Again, with the having that subscription base and and not just not just is it a subscription base, but it's a subscription base that allows all the comics as they're coming out, you can read them so it's not like Marvel's thing where you have to wait a while before you can actually read it. No, this is boom, it came out here it is. you can read it so i I really love that because you you don't feel pressured in any way, shape, or form it's just there, and there's a wealth of comics to choose from. So, yeah, this is this is fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. In other uh digital news, Roger, I know you are just as fan, much of a fan of the Humble Bundle as I, I am. I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. I saw that today too. <laughs> now, it's it's been incredibly successful in the gaming sphere with a lot of uh, independent games offering themselves up, and they've even recently been branching out into ebooks. However, This, just today, they announced the first ever comic-themed Humble Bundle, the Humble Image Comics Bundle, and it's going to be running for two weeks. What's involved is the entire first volumes, trade paperbacks, so four to six issues each of East of West, Fatal, Lazarus, and Morning Glories, and you can pay whatever you want. If you want to be a jerk, you can pay a penny. I would implore you not to. You well, know, I mean
0: <laughs> it's important to note here when you say that as well, if people aren't familiar with the humble bundles, you the money that you donate that you I shouldn't say donate, that you purchase these with is split between not just the creators and whatnot, but also the charities. That's one of the things that I really love about this too is that you can even define, because they have uh, several different charities, you can define which ones you want the money to go to or split it across and things like that. So you're not just supporting the creators, but you're actually also sending money to, to charities.
1: Mm -hmm. And this particular bundle is actually in support of the comic book legal defense fund, which uh, supports comic creators' First Amendment rights. Oh, is that what this one is? Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. But in addition to those four, if you pay above the average purchasing cost, which obviously fluctuates based on people's uh, prices, at this moment, it's $8.45. So if you pay $8.45 or more right now, you also get the entire first volumes of Saga, Revival, and Chew.
0: Two alone is worth that.
1: <laughs> this is an amazing deal. And then if you pay more than $15 flat rate, that's not going to be fluctuating. You'll get both volume one and volume 20 of The Walking Dead.
0: Volume one's worth it.
1: <laughs> yes. But I mean, if you look at it, if there is, honestly, if there is one of these comics that interests you and you just want to drop nine, 10 bucks on it right there, that's, you know, that's face value for one of them. And you can get eight. For, for $10. So it is a fantastic yes. deal for anybody out there. And it, it's also altogether a good thing, because I said you can you can even choose how much you want to split if you want 100% of your purchase price to go to image and the creators, you can do that if you want. So like, this is actually an even better deal for the people involved than it is at retail, because you don't have distributors, you don't have retailers, it's all going entirely to whoever you want it to.
0: This, we are, as you said, big fans of Humble Bundle. It's legit for anybody who's never used it, who's kind of worried what kind of thing this is. I use it all the time for both myself and my son. I've even started now with my granddaughter. Even though she's only two months old, she's already, I set her up with a Steam account, and I've been buying these now. <laughs> when she's <laughs> old enough, she's going to have a library of games. So the service is very good, very, it's, it's fantastic. And then you, yeah, you're, You're getting some damn good comics here.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I speak for both of us when I say our Steam profiles are bursting with Humble Bundle games. As well as uh, myself on the Android side, I have easily 100 games that I've gotten through them. I actually
0: started buying the Android ones as well because I run an Android emulator on my Surface tablet. So I can play the Android games also on it. So yeah, no, it's if if you don't use the service, check it out for the other things as well, including games. Because again, it does really help with charities as well.
1: Mm -hmm. All right, into our actual discussion for this week. This is a comic that I've been told from multiple sources I need to read. And for no good reason, I've just been putting it off, never quite got around to it. And last week, maybe the week before... There was just a a photo set going around on Tumblr with, you know, eight or ten panels. And just from those small amount uh, of exposure, I was cracking up with laughter. I was like, okay, this is now jetting to the top of the list of stuff I have to read and talk about on the podcast. And I am speaking, of course, of Rat Queens coming from Image Comics written by Curtis J. Weeb, Weeb, I'm sorry, (laughs) art by Rock Up Church. And uh, we're actually talking about the first five issues, the story arc subtitled Sass and Sorcery, which just came out in a paperback volume a couple weeks ago. So, again, $10 for the entire first uh, five issues. Not as great as the Humble Bundle, but still a pretty good deal for a very good comic.
0: Yeah, considering what you're getting here, it's it's, it's worth the purchase.
1: <laughs> and you said you'd actually uh, been reading some of this beforehand, right?
0: Only a little bit in... In my case, it was because Tart had mentioned it, who we've mentioned on the show quite a few times there. She had asked if I was reading it, and I said, no, but I've been meaning to. And then she said, well, you have to. And I went, okay. So I checked it out, and it it fills that little need that I have for exactly this type of, of story, and especially because it draws on our love of gaming of, of gaming, especially of, like, MMO gaming and things like that, were to the point where you have quests that are given out by different people and things like that, and the different groups, It's it speaks to, to us on multiple levels because of that. So I fell in love with it immediately.
1: Yeah, it definitely draws its inspiration from a number of gaming uh, conventions, both uh, video games, uh, tabletop. There's definitely some D&D references in yeah. here. And I see this as a great companion to skull kickers to me
0: yeah yeah it's the female version of skull kickers and if you know how much we love
1: skull kickers i I think you can kind of get a clue as to where we're going on this
0: one (laughs) well it's not just that it's that and and we can make that comparison because that the writing is so strong in this as well not Mm. just in terms of the character development and story arcs and things like that. But the, the dialogue is so strong. It's unbelievable. Like there's in some cases, when you're looking at the page, you're thinking, oh, this is going to, it looks pretty wordy. There's a lot of text there, but as you're reading it, it just flows naturally and is funny as hell. It's well-written and you still have despite that poignant moments at different points too. So, I mean, it works on so many
1: layers. So who are the Rat Queens? We have a group of all-female mercenaries that operate out of the city palisade in a fantasy-type setting. And, man, do we have an interesting cast here. We have Betty, who is the rogue thief of the party, a little uh, gnomish-type girl. Dee is the (laughs) cleric of the bunch, a former acolyte of... Don't ask me to pronounce the Cthulhu type god her family used to worship. Uh, Hannah, the mage of the group, and Violet, a dwarven warrior. And I love how they point out that no, 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 she she has a beard. She just chooses Choose. to say to shave it. It's what all the kids are doing nowadays. <laughs> uh, yeah, they. they they make a point uh, at, uh, later on in the story. They introduce her brother and he complains that she shaved off her beard. And it's uh, a lot like when you've seen in the, uh, the Japanese stories when the woman cuts off her ponytail because she wants to become a warrior. It's, the sim- it's a similar thing. The uh, dwarf woman shaving her beard means a lot more than just fashionable choice. So when she sees a bunch of dwarven women without beards later on in the story, she gets a, a little upset about it. <laughs>
0: the Again, the four characters are very different and yet they, they meld so nicely together. Again, it's something that I look at when I'm, I'm reading something, be it a book or a comic book like this or or whatever, or even in games is how well the characters work gel together. And it doesn't mean that they're not going to butt heads. It just is in terms of the writing, how well is the group written together as a, as a whole? And, this one works. It works so well to the point where, when you're seeing the scene with Betty, where you, and again, here you're getting some mature themes as well of what her not being able to be with her lesbian partner anymore, because the the partner doesn't want to be involved in the life that the rat Queens brings about just by sheer virtue of their existence. (laughs) And so, but You're seeing how disappointed and lonely Betty is because of that, just a few pages. But she makes a point later on also saying how choices impact on your level of happiness and who you're with and different things like that. And yet she still fits in the group perfectly as well because she's choosing that lifestyle for now. The writing is, you can... Pick it apart on so many levels and it it works. It just plain works.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, God, that scene with Betty where she shows up and she's wearing, you know, a proper dress. She's not in her adventuring gear. She has the flowers. flowers. The the artwork is very good oh. on this series as well. And like I said, it's one dude, you know, inks, colors, you, you name it. It's all uh, rock up church. And the character designs, I love the character designs because you have – these four women who have vastly different personalities but they also have very different styles both in you know clothing and just flat out body type i mean they're they're represented in a very realistic sort of way sure there's a little bit of cleavage and leg here and there but it's never no. gratuitous yeah, it's exactly. very realistic and it works
0: yeah i agree and what's funny is that again going back to that scene with with betty in the first issue you get to essentially see her take down this massive giant thing. So you got in your mind that she is just some kick-ass little thing. And then right at the beginning of that second issue, you see this entirely different side of her but you never question it. it. It fits in with the the few bits that you saw in the first issue and whatnot. And again, the writing is so bloody brilliant that it works. And it's you already feel for her when she tosses the flowers aside. You're like a little part of your heart just died. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So what, the Rat Queens are definitely an interesting bunch. You know they they like to go out, they get in fights, they, they drink, they raise all kinds of hell, but of course this also kind of finds them in trouble with the local law. The mayor doesn't like them. The rival mercenary gangs definitely don't like them. And I'm a big fan of any storyline that starts off with everybody in prison. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah they they caused too much of a fight them and all the other gangs are all in prison and they're allowed their release under the condition that they complete a quest and this is it this opening bit of the comic just rang so many good bells for me because it, you have all the characters set up and a fun place definitely tapping into the the gaming roots that we see here and even the quests they're given, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, go kill the goblins, go take out the bandits. And of course there's one poor group that's always stuck with the poop quest. Yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it was, again, that's why it, it rang to me so true in terms of a, a gaming comic kind of thing. And I, to, to the point where I was initially thinking if they would actually make reference to that in a meta kind of way. It never is, which I'm glad it isn't, but it, it, it's, again, it filled that little need in in me to read something like that as well.
1: Well, it also really nailed it, because at the very end of the first issue is when the troll showed up, and the the, the cliffhanger text, if you will, to, to tease the next issue was roll for initiative. Yeah. And it, that's all you need is that that small awareness that doesn't interfere with the story. But still, you know, people who get the joke really enjoy the joke yeah. because and we've all been, you know, anybody who has any tabletop settings is those are the last words you want to hear sometimes. <laughs> And those may be the last words you hear sometimes. Yeah, so all the adventuring parties are are out on their quests, and they're attacked by an assassin or multiple assassins. It's never quite given. Well, I guess from the deaths some of them suffered, we can assume multiple assassins. The queens don't take this too lightly. (laughs) They get pissed off. Their assassin gets squashed again great artwork (laughs) by a troll who they then have to fight and the entire first story arc is really them trying to find out where the assassins came from they they track it down they go through the city watch uh they believe it was hannah that was ready to storm the mayor's mansion and take it out of his hide they go after the merchant's guild we have again it's a wide variety of stuff. You have action, you have humor, you have the serious points, but even within the story itself, like the, the aside into the merchant's guild, it was a very different, it was a slower pace. But again, you get that character development of seeing how, Betty's not just, you know, a hyper ball of action. She's not, you know, the heavy drinker, the the rabble rouser. She's also very intelligent. And it's all these little elements that really bring the story together, make the cast incredibly well-rounded in a very short amount of time. And I am now 100 percent on board with this comic.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I again, I've been reading it a little bit, but I actually haven't gone back to pick up all of the back issues. Do you know what they're up to right now?
1: I think this is it. Oh, really? I thought it was higher than this. Yeah, I think issue six is coming out soon. That's why the – because with the typical uh, image creator-owned format, they take breaks in between.
0: But uh, let me double-check that. Okay. Yeah, because it is something that for a new IP to be able to hook you that easily within so few issues – speaks volumes of the potential of what this series can do. And I'm not going to lie. And this is not to by in any way diminish the work that Zub does with Skull Kickers or my love of that series. (laughs) It's not, but I'm going to flat out say that if this continues in this same vein With the same quality of writing as we've seen in in only these few issues, I'm actually more excited to read more of these right now than of Skull Kickers even. That's how much I adore this comic book right now.
1: Yeah, Skull Kickers is an absolute ton of fun, but it never takes itself seriously. And that's one of the things I love about it. Rat Queens has that same fun level, but also stops to take some time and really do some serious and well done character development it's,
0: and it 's not just that it 's it's the, the characters the story mm-hmm. is has been well handled. You have fantastic scenes, a variety of them that play out so well. From all the characters, I, these issues have really shown Betty in a insanely powerful light. I mean, not just in terms of her interactions with the rest of the Rat Queens, not just herself and her broken heart at times, not, not just her with the eyeballs on her daggers saying she's got <laughs> crafting components. But, I mean, look at even just the scene where she's breaking into... The house, the 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 guy's house, and she's she needs to get into the safe behind the thing, and she's being so quiet and sneaky, and then just <laughs> kind of rolls her eyes, and then has to move the chair, and you see the big screech as she's moving over the chair. Like there's a lot of different things like that throughout. That it's not just the the overarching story that's great, but little moments throughout that shine. There's there's so much that's good about this series that. Again, speaks to me on so many
1: levels that I cannot wait to read more. Definitely uh, worth its nomination as a uh, best new comic for the Eisners. Without a doubt. All that said, I would absolutely give your left arm in exchange for a Rat Queen Skull Kicker crossover. Give your
0: give I would give my left arm yeah you I, would give yours No, no, yeah. no, no, no. you said, <laughs> you said uh, I would give your le- no no you don't get to give my left arm away
1: <laughs> so Rat Queen Skull Kickers crossover oh no, it, dude that but would yeah, uh, the uh, issue 6 comes out on May 7th which would be next okay. week part 1 of the far reaching tentacles of Naraygoth which uh, is, promises to be a very D-centric uh, character development storyline
0: Yeah, as soon as that comes out, that's going to be a uh, one. i I'm thinking.
1: (laughs) We'll talk about it in what we're reading. Would not surprise me. Yeah. So on that note, on to what we're reading. And I read the latest issue of Skull Kickers. (laughs) (laughs) And this... The issue in and of itself is perfectly fine. It, it is what it is. But it's just the thing that it exemplifies that I really enjoy about Skulkers. This particular issue almost entirely deals with the history of the dwarven race in this world that Zub has created. And like so many other things we've seen in the comic, the general setup and concept is something we've seen a hundred times before in various fantasy settings. But it's the way it's executed that makes it special here with the flowing script of, you know, the, the serious history of the dwarves intermixed with the narrator of the comic being an absolute jerk. So it's, it's still a lot of fun.
0: Actually, I have it. I haven't read it yet, so I can't wait to get to it.
1: And the only other thing I have uh, for this week is Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the issue 14, I think it was, came out. And it's an anniversary issue. I don't know if it's a calendar anniversary or, you know, a certain number of issues that have been published. But we have uh, the start of their new storyline with Venom joining the team and Captain Marvel coming to to join them. And that's fun. That That's nice. But we also had a couple backup stories where they brought in uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, who famously at Marvel were the ones that really brought the Guardians back in the 2000s. Uh, Andy Lanning did a, an origin story for Groot, which was it, it was OK. You know, Groot's not a very diverse character. So <laughs> it, it was what it was. But what I loved was the second backup by Abnett. And it flashed forward to the, the year 3000 to the original Guardians, the Guardians that bounced around from the 70s into the 90s. And really updating that team, giving them some proper artwork and character and costume designs for the first time ever. And they're definitely leading towards some sort of confrontation between the modern team and the classic team, which we got a little bit of in Abnett and Lanning's Guardians of the Galaxy But this definitely looks like it's going to be a much bigger deal. I've seen a lot of stuff uh, Marvel talking about with the year 3000 being pretty important to some of their storylines going onward. And while the comics themselves were never terribly good, I liked a lot of the concepts of the original Guardians of how they paid homage to the legacy of the Marvel Universe and seeing what's still in effect that many years down the road and... Having them cross over with the modern stuff is always pretty interesting. And under Bendis's leadership, I'm really interested to see what he can do there after his recent uh, time travel adventures with the X-Men. Hmm.
0: Cool. I'm right. actually, I kind of gave up on that. I read a few and then kind of gave up on the series.
1: Yeah, the Infinity crossover really uh, hurt its momentum. Yeah. But I still really enjoy it just because I'm an absolute nerd for Marvel Cosmic. When is the uh, the Rocket Raccoon Scotty Young series starting?
0: Soon? Yeah. Because I, I, I know they
1: also just announced at, uh, this weekend that Star-Lord's getting his own series as well.
0: Right. Because as much as I find the concept of a raccoon in space ridiculous, it's Scotty Young. Scotty Young. Young. <laughs> I will give it a shot and definitely read it <laughs>
1: All right. So, what have you got for us this week?
0: Last week, I gave you the chance. I even had it in my list of what we're reading, and I thought, well, I'll let you talk about it, seeing as you took out all your DC stuff, <laughs> and you never talked about it. So, screw you. I'm going to talk about it. It's Amazing X Men number six. Oh, yes. It's the first part of All in the Family, where you see them. Um, Actually, all I think it's of these a X-Men.
1: one shot, not a first part. No, it's part one. It says. Oh, okay. Because that was Jason Aaron's last issue.
0: Well, it says all in the family, part one.
1: Okay. Well, I guess the new guy's picking up where he left off. Yeah.
0: So it's basically just everybody having a party there with Nightcrawler. And then you see the inevitable busting out of the old man and him dealing with, uh, what's her face? (laughs) Uh, this is probably the first issue of this that I kind of went, meh like entirely Mm -hmm. predictable. And this being his last one, I was like, oh man, that's disappointing because this is not going out with a bang. This is going out with a snore. Like I, it was entirely predictable. Everything right down to the, how Mystique was behaving with Kurt. Yeah. I mean, there were a few good lines, of course, but it you you saw everything coming a mile away, and it was just... And it left too much to, to, to your imagination. I mean, it literally skips from Nightcrawler at one point jumping to attack both Mystique and the old man, and you flip the page, and he's laying on the ground. There's no, you know, bonk to the head or anything that you see. It was a rough terrible cut between them and again then the scene with Mystique and and the old man where she's got the gun pointed and up until then she's gonna definitely kill him and then it's like uh you want a job (laughs) (laughs) it was I really was not thrilled with this issue at all
1: see I didn't know this was I I assumed it was just a one shot since it was uh, Aaron's last issue
0: well I mean maybe it was just in the way they worded it that it's still not gonna Mm -hmm. continue i i mean that's what it says part one but i i don't want to say it was terrible but
1: but after the first five like
0: even no not even taking that into consideration i'm not even grading this against itself as a single issue comic i really wasn't impressed at all at all Hmm. so yeah Okay. and uh well again the other stuff i was going to talk about was the bent stuff but i want to hold off on that until later on and and really dive into the some of them and if that's going to be in point 1 episodes then so be it but yeah i
1: i'm going to hold off for a little bit okay fair enough So that leads us into our anticipated new releases for this week from Marvel. We have all new X-Men number 26, which is bringing the Brotherhood from the future uh, back into the storyline. The highly anticipated Amazing Spider-Man number one. We have the second issue of Hulk, as well as the fourth issue of X-Force. From Image, we have Chew number 41 as well as Southern Bastards number one, the latest uh, rural drama from Jason Aaron. Uh, If anybody likes Scalped, this looks to be in the same vein, as well as a big list of the Image First editions. What these are is re-releases of issue number ones for various comics for a dollar. Hmm. So, if you're looking for something new to read for the low price of a dollar, you can check out the first issues of either Zero, Alex and Ada, Black Science, East of West, Lazarus, Manifest Destiny, Pretty Deadly, Rat Queens, Saga, Sex Criminals, or Velvet. And honestly, of all of those, the only ones I can't recommend are the ones I haven't read yet. So, dollar, yeah, come on, they're and they just, they're all just good. killing it with value this week. Yeah. Man. <laughs> you got
0: to wonder if they're getting ready, too, for a free comic book day coming up. There's going to be a lot more people in the comic book stores,
1: so have a crapload of number ones for a buck. They're liable to sell. That's not a bad idea. Dark Horse also brings us Serenity, Leaves on the Wind, number four. And from IDW, we have Dexter's Laboratory, number one, as well as V-Wars, number one. Yet another vampire-themed comic book from the mind of Jonathan Mayberry.
0: I thought it was going to be V, the uh, spinoff on the TV series. I could get behind that.
1: (laughs) And as you mentioned, uh, we also have free comic book day coming up this weekend. So go out, get yourself some free comics and, uh, you know, check out something else as well. There's usually some pretty good sales at a lot of the stores. Always, if you go
0: for the free comic book day, always, always don't be... I don't want to bleep it, but don't be jackasses and just go in and get your free comics and leave. Pick up at least one comic. It's the perfect chance to try something new as well. And again, with all those image number ones going to be there for a buck, pick up a few. Help support these people and you'll probably find something you love.
1: Yeah, the comics may be free to you, but the retailers still have to pay for them.
0: Yeah, it's it's great. I'm actually very disappointed this is going to be the first year in a while that I don't go. I, I'm not going to be able to make it this year, so. But, uh, yeah, definitely support these guys.
1: Can't you just send one of your kids for you?
0: (laughs) I'm normally the one that brings the kids there, so. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I can't stand around for that long in the lines for them, sadly. I'd I'd be on my crutches, and even then it would be painful as all hell. So this first year in a while, I can't go, and it's disappointing the crap out of me. Uh, Because there's that hardcover again for... Freak, I haven't
1: even looked at what's coming out this year either.
0: There's the hardcover for Mouse Guard that they're doing again and it's like oh. Again?
1: Oh man. Well I,
0: if I'm not mistaken yeah because I saw it on the list one of our local guys sends out a uh, a list and I thought I saw Mouse Guard hardcover on it too and I was like
1: I want it so bad <laughs> <laughs> Alright well that's going to wrap us up here for this issue of Comic Book Informer. If you'd like to hear more from us you can check out our other podcast Popcornronin.com We just had an absolute blast talking about uh, the TV series Archer, specifically season five, but we also delved into some of our favorite stuff from the first few seasons. So if you would like to check that out, we would greatly appreciate you heading over there for that. As always, you can find us here at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. So until next week, thanks for listening.